Chapter Five, Part Two of Lady Molly of Scotland Yard by Baroness Orzee. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Day's Folly, Part Two. Of course, there is a woman in the case, Mary said. Lady Molly to me when she came home from the interview with the chief. Although they all pooh-pooh that theory at the yard and declare that the female voice, to which the only two witnesses we have are prepared to swear, was a disguised one. "'You think, then, that a woman assaulted Jane Turner?' "'Well,' she replied somewhat evasively, "'if a man assumes a feminine voice, the result is a high-pitched, unnatural treble, and that, I feel convinced, would have struck either the maid or the lodger, or both, as peculiar.' This was the train of thought which my dear lady and I were following up, when, with that sudden transition of manner so characteristic of her, she said abruptly to me, "'Mary, look out a train for Weston Supermare.' We must try to get down there to-night. Chief's orders? I asked. No, mine, she replied laconically. Where's the ABC? Well, we got off that selfsame afternoon, and in the evening we were having dinner at the Grand Hotel, Weston Supermare. My dear lady had been pondering all through the journey, and even now she was singularly silent and absorbed. There was a deep frown between her eyes, and every now and then the luminous dark orbs would suddenly narrow, and the pupils contract as if smitten with a sudden light. I was not a little puzzled as to what was going on in that active brain of hers, but my experience was that silence on my part was the surest card to play. Lady Molly had entered our names in the hotel book as Mrs. Walter Bell and Miss Granard from London, and the day after our arrival there came two heavy parcels for her under that name. She had them taken upstairs to our private sitting-room, and there we undid them together. To my astonishment, they contained stacks of newspapers. As far as I could see at a glance, back numbers of the West of England Times covering a whole year. "'Find and cut out the personal column of every number, Mary,' said Lady Molly to me. "'I'll look through them on my return. I'm going for a walk, and will be home by lunchtime.' I knew, of course, that she was intent on her business, and on that only, and as soon as she had gone out I set myself to the wearisome tasks which she had allotted me. My dear lady was evidently working out a problem in her mind, the solution of which she expected to find in a back number of the West of England Times. By the time she returned I had the personal column of some three hundred numbers of the paper neatly filed and docketed for her perusal. She thanked me for my promptitude with one of her charming looks, but said little, if anything, all through luncheon. After that meal she set to work. I could see her studying each scrap of paper minutely, comparing one with the other, arranging them in sets in front of her, and making marginal notes on them all the while. With but a brief interval for tea, she sat at her table for close on four hours, at the end of which she swept all the scraps of paper on one side, with the exception of a few which she kept in her hand. Then she looked up at me, and I sighed with relief. My lady was positively beaming. "'You have found what you wanted?' I asked eagerly. "'What I expected,' she replied. "'May I know?' She spread out the bits of paper before me. There were six altogether, and each of these columns had one paragraph specially marked with a cross. "'Only look at the paragraphs which I have marked,' she said. I did what I was told. But if in my heart I had vaguely hoped that I should then and there be confronted with the solution of the mystery which surrounded the Somersetshire outrage, I was doomed to disappointment.' Each of the marked paragraphs in the personal columns bore the initials H.S.H., and their purport was invariably an assignation 
at one of the small railway stations on the line between Bristol and Weston. I suppose that my bewilderment must have been supremely comical, for my lady's rippling laugh went echoing through the bare, dull hotel sitting-room. "'You don't see it, Mary?' she asked gaily. "'I confess I don't,' I replied. "'It completely baffles me.' "'And yet,' she said more gravely, "'those few silly paragraphs have given me the clue to the mysterious assault on Jane Turner, which has been puzzling our fellows at the yard for over three weeks.' but how i don't understand you will mary directly we get back to town during my morning walk i have learnt all that i want to know and now these paragraphs have set my mind at rest end of a day's folly part two